Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Mario, also known as the Node Defender, is joining us. And today we have a very special guest. Somebody who's becoming quickly recognizable in the face of crypto, known for breaking news stories and inside sources, Eleanor Tourette is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm very excited for today's show. Thank you for being here, Ellie. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Coinbase has partnered with a multi-trillion dollar asset manager in a surveillance agreement for Bitcoin's ETF. As new information reveals Ethereum's ICO was clearly a security in the eyes of the SEC, does this mean that Ether could be next on their list? FedNow's system is set to go live this month as Coinbase is firing back for allegations of offering illegal services, refusing to delist several tokens after quickly delisting XRP in 2020. With over 130 countries rolling out CBDCs in 2024, we break down the details, showing our community how governments are creating the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I am very excited for today's show, not just because we have Ellie here, that's awesome, but Bitcoin ETFs are going mainstream and Larry Fink is going to be going on to Fox Business. So we're going to talk about that as well, Ellie. Thank you for being here. How are you feeling, Johnny? Well, I'm excited that Ellie is here. And good morning to all the war maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you guys. Gonzo's got great news. There's so much going on today. It's not even, it, I don't even know where to start. But anyway, great to see you guys all. Can't wait to hop into it. It's going to be great. And hopefully everybody had a safe and happy 4th of July holiday. Mario, we got the Node Defender joining us as well. Always excited to see you. I'm not going to make you defend Nodes, but how was the 4th of July, my friend? Thanks for being here. It was awesome. Good morning, everyone. Super excited to be here. It's my first time with uh, with Eleanor on the show. So very happy to meet you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time in the crypto space. So I'm excited to talk crypto this morning. Let's get it going. 
Absolutely. And Ellie, there's a lot to get into. We're going to talk Ethereum ICO, Ripple versus SEC case, and of course, the massive Bitcoin ETF applications that came this week. But before we get into it, how are you feeling? And thank you for being here. Feeling great. Thanks, guys, so much for having me. It's my first day back in the office in New York for about three and a half weeks because I was away in the UK on vacation. Then I got COVID, so I was home for like last week, and then it was Fourth of July. So I've been uh, I've been cooped up in my house for the last couple of days. So I'm super excited to get back into the office, into New York City, and to be talking to you guys. And you know what's exciting? Good Morning Crypto is done remotely. So even if you're locked down, Ellie, you can make guest appearances on our show. So thank you for being here. And we're going to get that last time. Exactly. We're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TG on Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Johnny Crypto, the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in greed this morning, sitting at a 64. When we look at some of the daily movers, oh my goodness, it is right across the board. We've got Maker Token up 3% and FTT Token, the only green bubble, up about 8%. When we look at the total coin market cap, we're taking a red day today at $1.19 trillion in the market. Bitcoin is 49% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got uh, Bitcoin sitting at 30,300. Ethereum, 1,900. And XRP is 47 cents. But Ellie, we're going to get right into our crypto content for today. And this was one of the breaking news stories from last week. The US, the US SEC ended the rumors of Gary Gensler's resignation. And we're going to get into your response. But I just want to give you the open floor. This is becoming more of an issue by the day with crypto Twitter. These news, these fake news articles are catching steam and going mainstream and even being reported on some mainstream news stories. So I just wanted to get your take. What was your initial thoughts when you saw the Gary Gensler resignation news? And then what was your response after the SEC told you it was fake? Well, my initial thought was this is bullshit (laughs) Um, because it came from an account that I was not familiar with. And it was by someone I had never heard of, the author publication I'd never heard of, author I'd never heard of. And it was just when I read through the article, even the like the first initial lines, you know, there was not any good detail in there. It's like anonymous source, anonymous source says this, but the details surrounding the resignation and what the investigation into Gary Gensler is about cannot be confirmed, cannot be released. So, you know, automatically that's, you know, that's it's this story is this is a perfect example of a kind of story if you're going to if you're a journalist and you want to publish a story and you want to kind of you know do it the right way it, you've really got to get those details down pat and you know you can't really publish something that's so obscure you say you know i know this for a fact or i guess you guys say trust me bro but you can't provide you know not necessarily the source because you don't always re- reveal your sources but just the the details like this, this 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 will be a big thing what is he being investigated for what are those what are those claims and you know, when I reached out to the SEC, this was Monday. <clears throat> um, we have a relationship with Fox Business. We do a lot of, you know, writing about the SEC, obviously. So we talked to their PR team quite a bit. So, you know, we we emailed them, Charlie and I, my boss, Charlie, you know, and we said, <laughs> you can see you brought up my tweet there. You know, I said, hope you're enjoying the weekend. Just wanted to touch base about the reported anonymous SEC source that says Gary Gensler is going to resign following an internal investigation. Is there any truth to, truth to this? And uh, I actually didn't get a response for for a couple of hours. And as you see there, I got a, I got a one word response from from their head PR guy saying nope. Um, Charlie got a similar response when he said he I think he reached out and said is this BS question mark and the guy came back and said yup. So interesting way of you know communicating I guess uh, we've 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 communicated with them before and there's been more substantial uh, uh, talks there. You know it's never just one word answer. So. That was a little interesting. Also, it it, it in the that morning when I, we first saw kind of like all the hype on Twitter, I reached out to my 
SEC sources because, you know, you've got the PR team who's obviously like, you know, they, they're the face of everything. They address the media. They address the you know, the, the big stories and I have my internal sources and, and even off the bat, my, my source was like, this is, this is not correct. She's like, she's like, you know, I, it's a holiday weekend. She's like, don't be surprised if they don't get back to you, you know, right away. Um, it is the, it's the day before it's 4th of July. So, you know, that is most likely what it is as opposed to people being like, well, you know, they're responding in a shady way. They're taking a long time to respond. This could totally be them, you know, kind of just pushing you off until they're ready to announce a resignation. But I don't think so in this case. I really, I really think that it was just one of those fake news accounts. Like you said, you know, they, they do circulate quite a bit these days and uh, it's a problem. And especially when big news uh, accounts, you know, um, you know, unusual whales, I think has a, has a few, maybe million followers, hundred thousands at least. And, they pick it up and they say, well, reportedly, and then when people see that, it's like, oh, well, like, you know, this account's tweeting it. It must have some merit. But even though they're not saying this is true, they're saying reportedly, it kind of, you know, instills that curiosity. And they're like, oh, is this real? So there is that issue. I think we have to address that. There's got to be a way around that. Absolutely. It almost gives it instant credibility, right, Ellie, when when a bigger name. Like, so what I did, Abs, when I got that, like, that my cousin started texting me out at five in the morning. Gary's resigned. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Gary's not resigning. But the first thing I did was go to Ellie's account. That's all you got to do. Just check it. You know, when I, when, and I, then the second thing I do is I Google it. And if there's no other article out of there, 90% of the time, it's probably horse bullshit anyway. And certainly that's what it turned out to be. It was just clickbait. No, no surprise there. I think we all know. You know, that Gary isn't going anywhere. Now, the only reason why Gary would, if he were to leave, it would probably be somewhere where they wanted to do a pivot, right? And say, hey, we're moving into different... When they... See, to me, what I thought, if it was true, what I would have thought was, hey, maybe Operation Choke Point is coming to an end because Gary has entrenched himself so hard into Operation Choke Point that for him to do a, a complete 180 would kind of be kind of awkward. So mm-hmm. maybe it's one of those things where they've decided, hey, you know what? We're going the other way. We're going to get rid of this guy. And, you know, here's the new narrative. Here's the new guy that's going to carry us forward, blah, 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 blah. But that would have been the only logical, you know, reason maybe to see that happen. But frankly, as we've been talking on the show, I don't think we're ready yet. They're, the big boys aren't fully positioned in place. You know, the ETF isn't approved. There's, a, there's still a long way to go before I think they're ready to launch this song, bitch. And until that happens, I think you're just going to see the status quo and the same people doing the same jobs. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, and I, I think, uh, I don't think we'll see Gary resign until at least the announcement of SEC Ripple. I mean, do you think he'd really quit before that? I don't. No shot. And I think that one of the things that we've continued to see in the crypto conversation is people want to blame Gary Gensler for the bad regulation, right, Ellie? They think that if Gary Gensler leaves the SEC, everything's going to be great for crypto. He's not even the one that brought the initial lawsuit against Ripple in the first place. Jay Clayton is. And Jay Clayton has now become a huge critic of Gary Gensler. He even went on one of your biggest enemy shows, CNBC, and that's a joke, of course, talking about how he doesn't agree with the way Gary Gensler's regulating. And eventually, a lot of these products are going to go overseas, whether it's Hong Kong, Singapore, the UAE. They're all creating friendly crypto regulation, and we're suing companies over here. So as a, I guess, inside source, you're known for your inside sources. What are people saying behind the scenes? Is there going to be a day where we see a 180 from the SEC and they begin promoting these currencies? Um, I do. And I only say that because I believe that as more institutions get involved, as more big names and powerful players start realizing that crypto really is here to stay. And it really is, (laughs) it really is, um, you know, part of the future of the financial system. I think they're going to start to wake up and say, okay, you know, it's not just the crazy public and the crazy 
crypto nerds who you know are, are, think this is going to work. It's actually also the big financial institutions, and, and we'll talk about this too. You'll see with the big players going into the ETF space, looking to do a spot Bitcoin ETF, that is going to give the SEC you know all the reason it needs to kind of validate it, I guess. But but also you know I think um, also crack crack down it like really come up have motivation to come up with some comprehensive legislation because we saw i think one of the headlines from the weekend was that these etf applications the sec was kind of like shooting them down saying you know they're not substantial enough we need more so that's kind of a, a indicator of them saying okay this has got to be a com comprehensive thing we've got to really kind of knuckle down it and get this right so i do think that we will start to see a 180 as more big names and more institutions come in Johnny, we often say, we hear Coach JV say it, whoever controls the money controls the information and inevitably controls the people. BlackRock coming out and doing a 180, not only on Bitcoin, but on proof of work, it's a massive sign for the market. So let me get your thoughts, and then we're going to talk a little bit of, about Ethereum's ICO. Completely massive. Ellie's spot on. She said two things important. One, and we've been talking about this on the show, you had a bunch of little guys just playing in the sandbox for the past 10, 12 years, and the big boys decided they like this sandbox and they want it. And the, so what you're seeing is the institutions and everybody's kind of coming into position to take over this thing. So now I think it's just a matter of time once everything's well positioned. The second thing that's significant, she said, was when you look at the SEC in the past, you know, that Gary always said, hey, come on in. We'll work with you. Yeah. And you come in and what happened? Pow, you get slapped the lawsuit. You don't see this time. Yeah, or an elbow. That's right. Or an elbow drop. Instead, what you're seeing happening is they're not dropping a lawsuit on BlackRock. Instead, they're saying, hey, we need more information. That is the first indicator, great sign that this thing is, is going to happen because this is actually the first time Gary and them really are working with somebody to do something in this space. And, and there's no surprise whatsoever that it just happens to be the largest uh, asset management firm in the world, right, uh, that they're working with. But there, there's no surprise. I think that's why Bitcoin, you know, everybody got excited and you see a whole new re-energized energy, the, if that's even a, a word, in this space because of the fact that, as we talked about, you know, certain news agencies bringing credibility to the space, well, BlackRock gets that, that, that approval, just them even applying brings instant credibility in this space and they are going to get it. And that's really going to, I think, set the launch pad for this thing. And I think that, you know, if we look at the point in time where this is coming, you know, we could say that in, in America, this is probably like the most uncertain time when it comes to clarity and, and regulation. And BlackRock is coming out and they're saying, we don't care that the SEC is going after Coinbase. We don't care that they're going after XRP or the entire crypto space because we've done our homework. We know what this is. We, we know what the crypto space is and they've known it for a long time. And now they're ready to file for, for an ETF application. And we know their record is excellent. We know that they're a 575 to one. So if they were to get denied, I mean, it would be pretty... Uh, insane, but I think that uh, I think that personally they will get approved just because of their track record, just because of who they are and the influence that they have. And yeah, this could be the beginning for something great for the crypto space. Hopefully, this does make make a turn for the SEC and for government. They will finally. I hope that they finally start to come out with some positive regulation around crypto. It's an interesting time to be getting involved in this market. And we got 314 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you, Ellie, for making time for us this morning. This is one of the biggest stories that really caught my attention throughout the week. Coinbase has been a massive critic of the SEC ever since they alleged that they were selling securities. But they've been willing to fight for Algorand, Cardano, and a couple other tokens 
but not XRP. So that's really where I want to have our discussion right now. What do you think is the distinguishing factor here? Why is the SEC willing to fight for projects like Algorand and Cardano, but was quick to delist XRP after the initial allegations? I think it's all about administration. I mean, you see that obviously Clayton brought the case against XRP, <clears throat> Ripple, and it was kind of his last day in office. It was one of those just, you know, like I'm doing this, boom, and it's going to happen and you can deal with it. There you go, Gary Gensler. Happy birthday. Um, so, you know, I think different administrations are going to take different stances on things. We saw Gary take this, you know, take Clayton's kind of crackdown on the ICOs, crackdown on Ripple carry it into his administration's work and like times it by 10. Um, I, you know, why is, you know, why are they trying to fight for specific coins over other ones? I, I, I couldn't tell you the answer to that. I do think that, you know, right now there's, it's so arbitrary, right? I think it's so arbitrary. I mean, there's no lawsuit against Algorand. There's no lawsuit against Filecoin, but, you know, the, it's just the SEC's opinion that it is, potentially a security. So, you know, when these, but there is a, there is a pending lawsuit against XRP. So I think once we have the outcome of that, will they relist it? We'll, we'll have to see. But I do think that like, you know, kind of like you said with BlackRock, Johnny, you know, they're kind of, they did their, um, not Johnny, sorry, Mario, both of you, you did like, they did their homework. They know that, you know, what an underlying, the underlying technology is. They know that the SEC is not going to be under Gary Gensler forever. They, they do see a path forward. So I think, you know, right now it's kind of just, it's an arbitrary, this is a security, this is not, we really have to wait until there's some kind of case law that says what it is. And I think that's probably the reason. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to know what you guys think. Well, one of the conversations we continue to have is that they can't go after every single project. They don't have enough lawyers. They don't have the team to do it. But what they can do is go after every single exchange and allege that what they're offering are securities. So what our theory has been is that Gary Gensler is not going to ever sue Algorand. He's just going to sue all the exchanges offering the product. And then how are you going to buy something that isn't even offered in the open market? What do you think, Ellie? Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the SEC always complains that they don't have enough resources, right? That they are understaffed, overworked, underpaid. So yeah, naturally, they're not going to go after every single crypto project. But when you talk about Operation Choke Point, you're kind of choking off the big sort of arteries, right? Like you don't have to go after every single artillery vein, but you've got the big the big choke points where they're like, all right, well, you won't be able to to trade this and you won't be able to to buy or sell this if we don't give you the the, the means to do it. So I do think that's a that's a very good point as well. Very interesting. And I'm excited to hear that Eleanor somewhat agrees with us. Mario, we are going to talk <laughs> about Gary Gensler asking people and look at Gary Gensler's in the live chat, guys. We got 346 live listeners and Gary Gensler is one of them, believe it or not. No, I'm only kidding, of course. But Mario, tell me your thoughts before we get into this latest news. Ethereum's ICO was clearly a security in the SEC's eyes. I'm looking forward to hearing Ellie's response. Yeah, and look, the only reason why we're having this conversation about which crypto is a security and which is not is because we're relying on these ancient old uh, laws which don't apply to cryptocurrency. Now, the SEC can come after the exchanges, and I think that was kind of smart on their part because it's like there's so many different crypto projects, it's easier to go after the exchanges. But that's only in America. You know, they can drive this operation choke point forward within the United States. But outside of the United States, things, things are, uh, are thriving. You know, legislation is coming out in Europe, in the UK, in Asia, all over the world. So it's interesting to see what happens. But I honestly think that SEC is kind of backed into a corner because uh, especially since they went after Coinbase, Coinbase was like, we've been asking you for, for clarity since, 
since forever. And now you've just come out and, and slam us with a lawsuit. This makes completely no sense. And I think that things are going to turn out positive for, for Coinbase and, and for many of these other lawsuits that are happening against crypto just because of how, um, how much, um, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like how much the SEC is, is kind of putting on themselves, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And Johnny Crypto is currently sending an email, but you are on air, my friend. So I'm going to ask you for a response. Gary Gensler has been telling exchanges to come in and register for quite a long time and has even said that the laws are clear. Well, we're going to debate that right now. But before we do, give me your take. What do you think is really going on here? Well, I mean, if you're asking about the question of why Coinbase didn't defend XRP, I mean, we've said it, I've, I've said it many times on the show. It's a different scenario in time. You know, when they attacked and they went after XRP, and slapped them in a lawsuit, Coinbase was going for an IPO. There was no way in the world they were going to jeopardize millions and billions of dollars that they were about ready to make because they didn't want to slap. It's so much easier to just slap one, one thing off your exchange and say, okay, we're going to continue. Why would you ever want to mess with the SEC when you're getting prepared to launch an IPO? You're not going to do that. So that's why they didn't fight for XRP. They had zero reason to fight for it. It would have made no sense. Because if the SEC didn't give them that stamp of approval, there was millions and billions of dollars in ICO they weren't going to access. So that that that's that. Now, in terms of so now we all know, and as one of you said it, rightfully true, the SEC doesn't have the resources to go after everybody. Else, so what are they going to do? What's the easiest way you can't go after everybody? You go for the you go for the for the on and off ramps, and you choke them out. And that's exactly what you're seeing happen. They choked out the banks. Now they're choking out the exchanges. You can't go after ten thousand two hundred and forty-seven. Coins. That's how many are out there that are active right now. Actually, it's actually even a little bit higher than that. So what do you do? The best way is you just go where they all are, are being used, right? And that makes total sense. And then what do you do? So it's exchanges. And what do you do? You go after the big ones. What'd they do? They went after the coin. Number one and number two largest exchanges in the world. I mean, you can see the game plan. You can see the you can see what's happening. Um, the good news is hopefully we're just about getting ready to get through of all this crap. And we're going to get to the point where they, because what they're doing, this is a slow, this is slow delay tactics. Now, once that's all done and and BlackRock gets their thing and everybody else, JP Morgan and Banker, they get all their things in place. Boy, you're going to see a whole new narrative like you ain't seen before. They're going to tell you how great, you know, this narrative, somebody wants to see it. This is a narrative we've been hearing for a while, right? That crypto's bad, CBC's good. Soon you'll start to hear, oh yeah, you know, crypto's not so bad. <laughs> it's going to be a complete flip, Babs. It's only a matter of time. You've also got to look at Robinhood, too, on the flip side of that. Robinhood did delist, I think it was four tokens a couple of weeks ago, because the SEC came out and said, we think these are securities. So, yeah. I mean, Robinhood has, it's a, obviously they've got their own, they've got their own issues. So, you know, but there's also the possibility that these exchanges could think, okay, well, Robinhood did it, maybe we should do it too. So nothing's ever, you know, everything could change tomorrow. But it comes back to my initial question, Ellie, and just to put a bow in, on this, I guess, topic here. What do you think is going to be the catalyst for when they make a switch? Is this Bitcoin ETF the first initiative we're seeing where the SEC is finally incentivized to make a change when it comes to crypto? Yep. I think this is the first step. And then I think the second step will be when we get a new change of administration and there's a new SEC chair and there's more people in Congress that are more crypto friendly. I think there's just it. It takes time. I think we'll see a shift with time, but this move by institutions to get in really is, I think, the first step towards more adoption and more uh, acceptance by 
federal regulators. And we don't believe in coincidences. We only talk about unrecognized patterns, Ellie. And one of the things that we recognize right now is FedNow system is going live in July at the same time this Bitcoin ETF application is going through. So what's the topic of conversation? It's not the fact that the banks are switching their transaction system. It's the fact that BlackRock is now excited about Bitcoin, which I think in the grand scheme of things is much less important than the banks making this fundamental shift. But we got 372 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out this latest video because Ethereum could soon be under fire with the SEC after their ICO took place without question. I will say it it was odd. I mean, the whole flow is very odd that you'd start out with with XRPL um, as the first port of call that you go to to try to essentially kill a crypto company in the United States. When, you know, by some of the own admissions, like there was an ICO at Ethereum. Um, I'm not saying that's bad, but there was. That clearly is something that the SEC believes was a security at some point. My my guess, though, if I if if I really think what's going on, I think that there is an effort to actually try to kill crypto within the United States. And my gut, this is just a guess, my gut is that they're following kind of a classic federal regulator approach, and that is divide and conquer. Go after this one, make this one seem okay. Then go after this one, make this one seem okay, and then go for the the end kill. I would not be surprised if they eventually sue Ethereum, right? Those folks were cheering when ETH got when when XRP got sued. I imagine they go after Ethereum, and the Bitcoin maximalists are cheering for that right now. And then after they do that, would be surprised if they go after BTC. That's the path that I. Well, Bitcoin being a black swan event, let's not even get into that. Let's talk about the Ethereum ICO, because of course, after the Hinman emails were released, Ellie, there was clear incentive for SEC officials to let the Ethereum ICO get a free pass. I just want to give you the open floor and then maybe we can have a broader discussion. Do you think there's ever going to be a day where the SEC goes after Ethereum for their initial coin offering? Yes, I do. And I think that uh, Craig made a good point in that, you know, kind of dividing and conquering and kind of turning certain groups against each other. Because we already know there's tribalism and there's rivalry in the crypto space, right? Like the ETH maxis hate the XRP people, the XRP people hate the ETH people, the Bitcoin people hate everybody that's not Bitcoin. So they're kind of capitalizing on that, I feel like, kind of just the the sheer, the sheer amount of tribalism. And now on top of, you know, whether they have the ICO, which we know they did have the ICO, on top of the fact that they did, they've also switched their their consensus mechanism, right? So from proof of work to proof of stake, there's argument that says that me- that mechanism, that model, is more like a security um, than say a proof of work. And uh, Gary Gensler has alluded to it. I think he's under pressure right now because, you know, the previous administration, obviously with Clayton and Hinman, gave Ethereum a free pass, but all. Basically, all the SEC officials in those emails were saying, hey, if you you know don't include Ethereum because we're not sure and, you know, down the line it could change. And, you know, it's all this kind of advice against giving Ethereum this pass. So I think Gary Gensler sees that now as kind of, well, you know, all eyes on him. What do you think? And, and you know, there's definitely some some conflict of interest there where we where we saw Hinman kind of saying, all right, well, I'm going to go and talk to Vitalik and see if, you know, we'll talk to the Ethereum Foundation and we'll, we'll really get the measure of, of Ethereum and see if it is an, uh, a security or not. You know, you didn't, he obviously wasn't going to Bitcoin, the Bitcoin Foundation or, you know, because we don't know who, who is Satoshi Nakamoto. We don't know. He wasn't going to, to, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto and saying, is Bitcoin a security? But 
but he knows who Vitalik is and we know that they have prior correspondence. So that whole thing, kind of the him and emails were very, very interesting. And I think now that puts more pressure on Gary and the administration. And you see when he's hauled up in front of Congress, the first question everybody asks him, every congressman, what is Ethereum? It's almost like the it's like the warm up question for him now. What is Ethereum? Is it a security? Is it a commodity? And he can't answer. And he's going to have to provide an answer at some point because at some point we're going to need some kind of designation. I mean, obviously, hopefully the courts will come to some kind of conclusion before the SEC says Ethereum is a security or it's a commodity. But I think it's a very it's such a hot topic. And I think there's a lot of pressure on the SEC to kind of, you know, work that into their into their agenda. Absolutely. Johnny Crypto, I do want to give you a chance to just respond or ask a question and then I'm going to follow up. Well, I mean, I just I'm I'm glad to hear what Ellie said because I think that's we miss I've been saying on this show. So important that exactly what they're going to do, go and pick off one by one by one rather than we need them all to come together, right? And not and instead of bickering with each other. And we have this big battle on the show, you know, between me and Abs, not between me and Abs, but with the chat more. Because, yeah, for this guy right here, like everybody, the XRP community, Ellie, they don't like Charles because of some things he said or, or done. And and I'm trying to say, who cares? Forget about it. It's in the past. Move on. The industry needs to come together as a whole, right? Rather than sit here and bash this guy, we need people on our side. And it's funny because somebody said in the chat, XRP holders don't hate. Well, that's not true because a lot of you hate Charles. So whoever said it, maybe you don't. But yes, a lot of you do. And I'm telling you, there's no point in it. It adds no value. It doesn't move the needle forward. We need the crypto. We already got the, the scale <laughs> balanced against the uh, crypto. What we need is everybody on the other side to come together. You need guys like Charles and, and Ripple and Binance and Coinbase. And man, if those all came together, think of the power those people and the amount of money they could do to lobby, let's say, Congress or to go get laws passed, if they came together and weren't inter, you know, interfighting, I call it inter, uh, you know, fighting with each other, they would be actually being able to, to uh, do, you know, come together on a common ground to push the needle forward on crypto. But if you're all fighting each other, guess what? The other side wins. So to me, love it, Ellie, totally agree with you. We need to come together and not have you know, let them divide them all up. And right now that's what's happening. There's division everywhere. The matchies love it when somebody else is getting sued. Listen, you got to look at it and say, if they're suing them, guess what? You're next. <laughs> Sooner or later, there's two words you got to remember. You're next. So you better you better not cheer the SEC when they're suing a company in this industry because most likely they're going to be coming for you next. Johnny, who said it first, Reagan or Nixon? There's The worst thing you can hear as an American citizen is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just you know what? That's great that you remember because I think I was in diapers when that was said. <laughs> and but you Ellie, here's, right. here's something I really want to discuss because we're talking about R3. We're talking about Fed now. I want to give a little background and just get your open take. Back in 2019, R3 came together. It was the top 40 banks on the planet. All the top 40 financial institutions decided that they were going to upgrade their financial system through a unified product. And R3 was that product. Well, only one of the top 40 banks left in 2019. Can you guess the bank for me? That would be JP Morgan. I'm not going to put you on the spot. That would be JP Morgan who left the R3 consortium. What they did in the next three months after they left is they launched their product, which was Onyx Coin, built on top of Ethereum. And then nine days after that product was launched, Ellie, the SEC sued Ripple for selling an unregistered security. So what we're doing here is we're drawing the connection. JP Morgan leveraged the Ethereum network to get a free pass, then went to the SEC to take out the competition. 
all conspiracy theories here, but I'd love to hear your take. Do you agree with that? Is that even possible? Oh, goodness. I, I, I it's definitely possible. I think everything's possible. You know, I, I, being in this job as a journalist, like you really dig into some really interesting stuff. And, you know, the, the Ethereum free pass is a great example, right? Because for a long time, everybody thought, you know, that is complete BS. There's no way that, these government officials would come together and say, all right, we're, we're going to make this certain company or certain token work over another. But we saw from the him and emails that actually there was communication behind the scenes with a company that they were supposed to be regulating or supposed to be passing judgment on. You know, it's kind of like I, I said in an interview a couple of weeks ago, just thinking about how ridiculous it would sound if if uh, if Bill Himmon or or the SEC went to Brad Garlinghouse and said, you know, hey Brad, just checking, um, is is Ripple uh, is Ripple a security? Just 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 for our purposes, just so we can rule on it. You know, it's got to be an independent ruling, right? And and having the having the key players involved is is a big red flag. Whether J.P. Morgan was, you know tried to take out the competition using Ethereum, I don't I don't know, but we do know that you know Ethereum was the number two. Um, blockchain, the number three, two token at the time. Um, obviously, Bitcoin was number one, XRP was number three, and there were a lot of use cases for Ethereum. Like, I think Ethereum is the most widely used um, blockchain anyway. And I think, you know, back in less, sort of the early days, say the early days, but like the ICO boom days, when uh, Ripple was sued, you know, I think institutions were kind of looking at what's the best and what's the biggest and what's the most, you know, uh, what has the biggest prospects. So, you know, was XRP a threat? Was Ripple a threat? It's the number three coming up on the number two, possibly. Was JP Morgan involved? I don't know. But as a journalist and as, you know, someone who's covered this space now for nearly two years, I'm not surprised by anything anymore. But Mario, I do want to get your take as well. We're listening to everybody talk about Bitcoin. Ethereum is going to become the center of conversation after this Ripple case. That is my belief because there's one thing we cannot debate. They had an ICO and the SEC has already said that putting the ICO process aside, these things have a free pass. Well, the ICO is the most important aspect of these tokens. How you're initially receiving money is what determines if there is security in a lot of these cases. So it's very interesting. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, of course, this is definitely a situation of picking winners. And this is definitely a situation of influence. And obviously, they came after XRP when they could have gone after many other cryptocurrencies out there because they all fought, fell in, into the same uh, process of, of the ICO. But, you know, Ellie said something interesting or she answered the question as far as uh, Ethereum being sued eventually. I think that that would be very interesting if it did happen. I'm more of the opinion of potentially XRP lawsuit being kind of this example and that coming to a close and becoming precedent uh, law kind of it for the space. And therefore, they won't go after Ethereum anymore because it falls into the same category. Um, so it'll be kind of like the XRP um, or, or the Ripple test, like everybody keeps keeps saying. So, but yeah, definitely, definitely um, influence and 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 interest out there. You know, J.P. Morgan with being involved potentially, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but you know, we talk about it on the show all the time. This is this is all part of an agenda, and that gen that agenda will go out regardless of you know Gary Gensler, somebody else being being the chair. It's all about the agenda at the end of the day. Absolutely. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Alex. I was just saying I could see them because if you look at the prior cases where they SEC brought uh, lawsuits against companies that ICO, especially under Clayton, they 
were forced to pay a fine and then they were forced to register as you know, technically as securities, but you see a lot of those companies don't exist anymore. So, and, and they were smaller, smaller companies, smaller blockchains. With Ethereum, I, I could potentially see the SEC saying, all right, you had an ICO, now pay a fine, not necessarily giving them, you know, mandating that they, they register as security because right now, like no one, no blockchain can register as security, right? But, you know, obviously the Ethereum Foundation, the Ethereum network, they're profitable. The SEC could get, you know, couple hundred million from them probably and say, you know, this is your, this is your punishment for your ICO, but maybe not take it further than that. Oh, so. yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just have such a, it gets me fired up on the inside when I listen to this, because think about what the SEC is doing. They're going to go out and they're going to take money from Ethereum. Well, when these guys manipulate the gold market in the past, they actually put fines. All right. Let's say they make $9 billion from manipulating gold. They plan to be sued and pay 1.2 billion in fines. What if we saw the same thing with the SEC and Ethereum? What if they said, okay, yeah, you're going to get a free pass. At some point, we're going to come knocking. You might pay a two or $300 fine. In my eyes, that's corruption. Do you agree? Is that some form of corruption? I think it's crappy. If yeah. it's like legally corrupt, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but I think no. it's, yeah, not, not the greatest situation. That's why it's just, it's very interesting because even with the SEC, they're funded $2 billion a year to go out and regulate for the United States. I don't know. There's a lot we can get into, Johnny. I don't want to get Ellie in trouble here, so that's why I'm trying to mute myself. But guys, let's play this yeah, video of in trouble. All right, please. That's what you say. So let's not get Ellie in trouble. It's all guys, It's not conspiracy Friday. Our, we're gonna chat loves, our chat loves Ellie. They love Ellie. Everybody wants a mirror. And we're gonna close out this Ethereum conversation with a little bit of Charles Hoskinson. Here we go. But bureaucrats got a bureaucrat, you know. Uh, Starting to believe this free pass thing a little bit, huh? Yeah, starting to feel that way. I, I got some sympathy for you XRP guys. Yeah, I'm being pushed into that counter. I really am. You know, I'm not, I don't know about that. Yeah, you know, a little cray cray. Keep in mind, Ellie, this is one of the founders of Ethereum. So you and Johnny and Mario all have a response. Let's start with you, Ellie. Okay, well, I'm just going to preface this by saying Charles makes me laugh. He's really, really a good guy. I mean, I've, I've interviewed him a few times, met him officially last year at consensus it's just so him bureaucrats gonna bureaucrat like okay he's been saying that for a while too like he, he'll be the first one to say that like you know the government isn't exactly the the most straight-edged or straight-lined of of agencies but you know the fact that he's actually coming on board and saying you know i actually have some sympathy for you guys now after reading all this stuff that's that's pretty huge and especially like you said it's he's the founder of ethereum he was the only there and we've talked about this before he was there briefly you know he was kind of one of the the, the minds behind it but he wasn't there when you know when when him was around he was already off building cardano so you know if this is a surprise to him like i wouldn't be surprised cuz you know like he's just an early an early guy but anyway i do think that that is uh yeah i'm sure the xrp crowd were were delighted to uh to hear him say that especially after you know him mm -hmm. throwing so much shade at it before Really actually, depends they, on who you ask, Ellie. They weren't delighted, Ellie. They were actually pissed and they hate him even more. And the funny thing is, I'm in the camp with you. I'm saying, look, there's nothing wrong with a man realizing he made a wrong decision or was thinking about things wrong. He learned some new information or or experienced something and then he changed his opinion. That's exactly. what being a man is. There's nothing being a man is when you admit, hey, you know what? I kind of <laughs> I kind of know what you guys are going through now. I've been through it myself, but you know what? This is all starting to make sense. I agree. I'm going to change my opinion. And mm -hmm. man, 
the XRP community still hates them. They hate them even more. They don't even want them. They're like, no, we don't want you, you know? And, and so to me, it's like, that's just childish stuff. Like, look. You burn, like, I, burn the bridge. Like, I, I know. I, I'm like, you know terrified of the xrp community frankly they they could really just turn on you on a dime and be like all right you're out bye <laughs> yeah oh they they did they hammered they turned on like a dime my boy abs even sent him a message and he sent it Ab, abs a message back i know he's gonna tell you what it said uh but you know the reality is at the end of the day i like somebody who has a position either experience learn something and then readjust their position based on what they learned to me that's mm -hmm. just a normal that's a human that has a, the, the ability to comprehend, assess, and make a new decision, right? That makes sense. But there's a lot of people that don't like that he did that. But to me, Charles, I welcome you, buddy. Come on board. We love you. Shit, I'd love to have you on the show. Of course, I don't know how great our, our chat, chat would tell you. Listen, but Charles, I, I would love to have you on the show, but just be knowing it's you're going to be put on the hot seat. We're going to pull up things he said in the past and be like, why did you change your mind? Why did you think the Ripple lawsuit would be over in December? But then March of 2023, you're tweeting out that XRP has no partnerships or technical value. You wouldn't be surprised if they lost. Then three months after that, Ellie, he flips again. So we've seen the flip-flopping continuously, and I just wanted to have a conversation about it. I think it's worth mentioning. Mario, just close us out here. What do you think? Charles changing his stance. Are you excited? Um, no, it, it doesn't really phase me like that. But, I mean, I think Charles is a brilliant human being. He made a mistake by calling the XRP community uh, a bunch of conspiracy theorists, you know. But – um, I just have a, I have a hard time like grasping the idea that all these different crypto founders, etc., didn't see this SEC thing coming to them when they went after Ripple. Because immediately we were like, you know, this is an, this is going to be an example for the entire crypto space. It's important that Ripple wins or that they get something positive out of this because the SEC could literally come out and go after everybody else, and everybody was just too busy. Oh, you know, pointing the finger, laughing at XRP and Ripple at the time. And over the last two and a half years, they should have actually, uh, they should have been putting their uh, differences aside and come together and fight this together against the SEC. And now they're like, okay, yes, we have to come together. And Charles is like, you know, I'm starting to see uh, wh where, where all these guys are standing. And obviously, I just feel like they should have seen this coming a long time ago. And it's kind of a little bit too late. But you know, I have respect for Charles. I think he's a brilliant mind and, you know, what he's building with Cardano and everything. So, yep, no hate. Ellie, I'm just going to close out this conversation by reading this one tweet that this is what's tweeted at me by Charles. He said, there's no point in inviting toxicity into your life. It's abusive and pointless. Even in saying it now, they're mocking baby memes. Life is too short. Move on and cut it out, XRP community. XRP provides no partnership or technical value. The community is toxic and petty. I can live without it. I'm going to put the emotional statements to the side. I don't really care if he thinks we're toxic or petty. I just want to focus on the highlighted sentence there. I'm, I'm, and this is the big debate me and Johnny have had. Sorry, I'm stuttering over myself. The big debate me and Johnny have had is Charles isn't a dumb guy. Charles fully understands this market better than I do. That's for sure. So for him to say these statements, I think it's extremely misleading. And I just wanted to close this out. What do you think? Am I right? Is Johnny right? Why don't you close the debate for me and Johnny? We're not going to, we're not going to hold you to it. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before you bring her on to do that, you got to give her both sides of the story. So you you took that as he was saying that in general that they have XRP has no actually bring that bring that statement back up, Abs. No partnership or technical value in the world. I'm saying he was speaking that specifically to ADA and Cardano that he doesn't specifically Cardano doesn't have a partnership with them, and therefore there's no technical value between him and them so why waste my time so that's how i took it 
Ellie, in, in abstract the other way. So what do you think is the, yeah, we need an interview. We need a judge here. What do you think? Uh, instead of Judge Torres, we got Judge Tourette. Ellie, what why do don't you provide some clarity to the market here? <laughs> <laughs> well, just from reading this message in the last, you know, 30 seconds or so, uh, I would have to agree with with Johnny there. I mean, I think he, when you talk about, te- you know, no partnership, right? I mean, who's he knows Ripple has partners, so he's clearly not talking about Ripple as a whole. Right. Technical value, maybe no technical value to Cardano. I, but I, yeah, like you're right. I do feel like you know Charles is a super, super, super smart guy. Like he knows, he knows all of crypto. He knows, and XRP was number three at one point. You know, like it's not like they don't have technical value. They, we've proven that they have technical value. There's businesses and companies that run on the XRP ledger. So clearly there's technical value. I do think that he probably got a little, you know, I think the words were a little mashed over one another maybe. And uh, that was a contentious time. I remember like, you know, I mean, everyone was piling on him quite a bit, if I do remember correctly. And uh, that sucks. I've, I've been on the receiving end of people piling on on Twitter and you get very defensive. And sometimes you just say things that you just don't really mean or just we're heat of the moment kind of thing <laughs> well i will say this johnny you keep using the word hate i definitely don't hate charles like i would love i would definitely no, show- not you you okay. don't hate him. our chat hates him you no i know you don't hate him you okay. just know you think he's a fake friend and you don't want him that's all i'm saying but i know you don't hate him. you don't hate anybody you don't have any hate in your heart brother i don't have enough energy to hate to waste hating on people guys but we got 404 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button ellie Let's close out today's topic of conversation with the massive catalyst, the Bitcoin ETF. And today, Larry Fink is going to be on your show for Fox Business. So open floor. What are you anticipating from a Bitcoin ETF? Everyone's focused on American markets because could this open the floodgates worldwide? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this might be the point where we see the U.S. kind of catching up in crypto in the sense where like these ETFs come in and the institutions come in. I mean, you think about ETFs and how banks have dealt with traditional ETFs in the past, you know, there's nothing like the American markets when we talk about, you know, the stock market and, you know, people investing in in these giant ETFs and they invite outside companies and outside investors to come in. So I think that, you know, uh, um, BlackRock and Wisdom Tree and Invesco, there's, there's a couple others as well who are really starting to forge the path for these crypto-based ETFs. It's a good starting point. Um, we do have Larry on today uh, at 3.40. We'll tune into Fox Business at 3.30 today. He'll be on with Charlie. Hi, I'm in here. Hey, tell Charlie to jump on. Yeah, bring Charlie. Charlie, come here. Charlie, come say hi. <laughs> crypto people, they say hi. Charlie, come say hi, Charlie. Tell me about Larry Fink. Charlie, wait to the fans. Is it exclusive? Uh, yeah. Did you tell them? Yeah. You didn't send it to me. Send, send me the copies, the Word documents. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, from did. my computer, but okay. We love you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. That was pretty cool. That was Hang pretty on, cool. let me just let me close my door. Yeah, but okay, what cool. you gotta do. Johnny Crypto, let's give her some time here. Bitcoin ETF topic of conversation, but also BlackRock choosing Coinbase as a custody service is huge news for the entire market. Their Bitcoin, the Coinbase stock price obviously went up over the weekend. So how do you feel about Coinbase being chosen as custody? And then we'll kick it back to Ellie. Oh, my God. Coinbase is in Coinbase, in my opinion. I know I know I get myself in trouble for saying this. I think Coinbase is positioning themselves to be the next Amazon 20, 30 years from now, because not only are they so not only are they just going to be in this space, but, you know, they also have they earn income from other areas in the back. Right. Selling software in the crypto space. 
Uh, so making loans is a banking industry. So they are going to be the huge behemoth, but they're in the beginning. And here's why, Abs. Guess who they have a partnership with? <laughs> you want to say it? Or I got to say it. All right, I'll say it. BlackRock, baby. If you're connected to BlackRock, they're, they're like you said, there ain't no coincidences. This stuff, is, you know, happens there. Everything happens for a reason. They're going to be monstrous, I think. And as Ellie said, or somebody said earlier in the show, you know, they're going to go after them. Okay, make it look like it. Like I tell you, where's my sticker? It's WWE, right? But we're almost going to get through this. And then once we're through it, Abs, I really, really think, in fact, I even grabbed some coin a, a while back in my stock account because I do think, and that's, again, I'm just setting that baby and forgetting it. That's my new Amazon. I'm not touching that thing for like 10 years. I truly believe, Abs, Coinbase could be on the cusp of something big. Uh, Ellie, I got a quick question for you. This one's from the fans. It said, did Charlie frown when you told him that you were on with crypto people? No, he didn't. He He's laughed. <laughs> That's good news for us. He's I want to get back to the Coinbase conversation because Coinbase has obviously been selected by BlackRock and there was news about NASDAQ using them as a surveillance partner. So what do you think's going on here? I just want to give you the open floor. Coinbase is being sued by the SEC for offering unregistered securities, but I would off I would actually say BlackRock's more powerful than the SEC and they agree that what they're doing is worth partnering with. So how do you feel? Yeah, I, I think that totally gives everybody the answer they need to know, right? It's kind of BlackRock, like you said before, Johnny, them doing their homework and saying, all right, we've partnered with Coinbase, we've done our due diligence, we've talked to Brian Armstrong, you know, we're, we're, we're interested in crypto, and, you know, this is what we're going to do, and we believe that they're in the right. So it goes back to the whole kind of arbitrary, you know, is it a security, is it not? Is Coinbase breaking the law, are they not? You know, BlackRock, as you said, is most, you know, powerful, one of the most powerful U.S. corporations, the biggest asset manager in the world. So if they're giving kind of the green light to Coinbase in the middle of a potential SEC blow up, then I think that kind of just tells you everything you need to know, right? It's, it's them sort of giving their blessing. But I think it's a good uh, sign for, you know, investors of Coinbase, for people who, you know, have been watching the SEC crackdown pretty closely. You know, you can't you can't do business with a company that you think is going to be out of business in a couple of years. Absolutely. And let me get a follow-up in here, Johnny. Obviously, BlackRock invested $300 million into Circle to develop USDC, the stablecoin. But but here's what I want to ask you. What do you believe caused Larry Fink and BlackRock just flip when it came to proof of work? They've been, they're the number one proponent of ESG scores and carbon credits, but obviously Bitcoin has been criticized because you got to mine Bitcoin, that takes energy. So what do you think changed Larry Fink's opinion behind the scenes or in the public? Uh, at Johnny, Ellie, anyone? Is that me or who's that? Right? You had Ellie. You can go to Ellie. Let's start with you Ellie. You had Ellie on the screen. I thought you were doing her, but I'm happy to answer if uh, Ellie. I am so I am so sorry, Abs. Could you repeat that? I thought you were talking to Johnny, and so I kind of like. No, that's okay. A that's my fault. So what I was saying is that clearly Larry Fink has changed his stance on Bitcoin, but he's been a heavy critic of proof of work because it uses energy. Carbon credits have mainly been promoted through ESG scores and companies like BlackRock, but now they're promoting Bitcoin. This is contrary to the environmental scores that they're promoting. So what I'm trying to say is, what do you think caused Larry's change in opinion now accepting Bitcoin, even though it uses energy to mine? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's probably a question we're going to ask him today. And uh, yep. Where is it? I just sent it just to you. Just make sure you're not sending it to someone with my initials. That would be a fucking bad thing. I'm not. Send it again. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's hilarious. Hey, so Abs, I'll, I'll jump I'm gonna, in there. I'm actually going to hop, guys. Um, well, yeah, sorry. Ellie, I'll, uh, Ellie, we love thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much. We appreciate you jumping on today. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye, guys.
All right, Johnny, we're going to keep this thing rocking and rolling. And guys, we got seven, 372 live listeners joining us. Show us some love and smash that like button. And obviously, guys, go and tweet at Charlie and say, why did you pull Ellie off Good Morning Crypto? No, actually, don't, 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 do, that. don't do that. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> it's all love. All right, let's get into some serious news topics. Enough of the fun and games, Johnny. We're going to talk a little bit of Bitcoin here because BlackRock isn't the only big name promoting Bitcoin. Joe Rogan has now changed his stance. He's talking about Satoshi Nakamoto and how decentralized currencies could be the key to sovereign nations. Here we go. Fellow, you know, Satoshi Nakamura, right? That's his name? Nakamoto. Nakamoto. Right. Satoshi Nakamoto. Nobody knows who he is. Right. It's wild. It's all the speculation. But he developed this currency this cryptocurrency and it's basically that's the king of cryptos wouldn't you say bitcoin is the king oh i mean that uh, yeah sure the most popular bitcoin the same way i think about the early internet i think they they didn't see it coming and now it's a viable form of currency you can actually buy things with it and i think the government is freaking out i think what they're going to try to do is they tried to they try to do some shit with the internet during the obama administration where they were going to try to censor the internet and it fell apart because people were furious in the uproar and they thought the political repercussions of it were not worth it. Like the, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. So they backed off of it. But I feel that there's going to come a time where some government, whether it's the United States or another government might try it first, they're going to try to implement. I know they already do it in China, but they're trying to going to try to implement a digital currency, a centralized digital currency that they can control. Yeah. What's scary about that is they could say, Khalil, you know, we, we we've looked at, you know, your behavior online and uh, you have some some marks against you. Yeah. And so you're not going to be able to buy this creation yeah. of these and every that, 10 minutes and this constant a centralized digital Johnny, and he goes on to elaborate on the use cases for Bitcoin there. But I just wanted to point out, Joe Rogan continues to talk about cryptocurrency more. And the reason I believe he knows centralized digital currencies are about to be pushed on the public. And the least he can do is talk about this stuff. So just really briefly before we play the Merlin ad, what do you think about Joe Rogan now talking about Bitcoin kind of all the time? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Joe's worried about it. Maybe Joe, you know, Joe's in a position where when you're a host, you know, you get to talk to people all the time. You get to learn stuff and maybe... Someone brought it to his attention or, you know, obviously doing his job, he needs to investigate and learn. You know, you're a host. You have to know the stuff you're going to talk about. And I guess as he started deep diving it, he started realizing that if he watched the Good Morning Crypto show, he would have seen this for about a year and a half now, Abs, and he would have known what they were going to tell society. And, and I think what he's doing is he's saying, OK, that's what they're saying. But I'm seeing the other. I'm, Joe's reading it the other way around. They say, wait a minute. Crypto's not bad. The CBDC is bad. And he's telling people why it is. And he's educating people. You know, what's interesting to me, Abs, is I wonder how long that's going to happen before Joe gets his, his pee-pee spanked. Are they going to be like, hey, man, you know, you can't be saying this. I, I'm surprised. That it's like, hey, Joe, don't talk about it that way. Because the reality is that is the speculative part of it, right? Like, we all know it has that slippery slide. Now, the good news if you believe them, and that's up to you, I'm just sharing the information. When a senator asked Powell exactly that question, are you going to use, you know, the, the, he literally described it the same way. He said, this could be used to control what people see. Powell said, no, no, no. The central bank is not going to have direct access to this. There will be an intermediary bank. So I think when it first launches, because they're already aware of what concern people are going to have around this, I almost think they're going to, this is just my pure speculative guess, right? I could be wrong. I think because they're not going to want an uproar and they're going to want people to accept CBDCs, they're going to launch it 
but so the central bank, but they won't be direct to consumer. It'll go still through a bank, but it will go through the big banks, right? The six big ones, five big ones, they're abs. I don't think it'll be direct to consumer for that very reason. Now, that doesn't mean someday they don't eliminate that middle tier, but my guess is to get the public to accept it, that's how you'll see this thing get rolled out. But we'll have to wait and see. But mark today's date. That was my prediction, and we'll see if that happens. Absolutely, Mario. And I want to get your take on this article as well, because a, a Ripple partner, Niam, is set to IPO in the United States. Maybe they don't know about the SEC lawsuit, but we're going to talk about that right after we show you the smartest way to try. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. It is the smartest way to track your crypto, guys. And as the market is changing before our eyes, this next bull market is most likely going to be like the rest, Johnny. This has to do, put Merlin to the side, this just has to do with taking profits. If you're in crypto now, 90% of the money that comes in in 2025 is going to exit on the back end. And the only way that you can survive that is if you're taking profits along the way. That's why we developed Merlin, which is obviously the smartest way to track your crypto. You can create an exit strategy with your Coinbase, with your Uphold, with your Ledger, all through our application. And guys, 30 days absolutely free. So it's the number one link in the bio. Go check it out down below. Johnny, I don't think there's anything you can even add to that, my friend. So we're going to roll right into our next article. Am I right? The only thing I would add, Abs, is it's going to be exciting when we're creating a portfolio. We can track it really right here for you guys. Oh, that's actually exciting. We should tell the live chat. So guys, earlier this week, we asked the live chat, should we create a mock portfolio, maybe $10,000 of fake money to buy projects and track them with with our live chat and with our listeners? We agreed. We got permission. We're going to be doing so. The Merlin CEO gave us the go-ahead. So we're going to be creating a mock portfolio for this channel with 100% fake money. I want to preface that. All of it's fake money. But we're going to track it with the open market. And we're going to do this show for years to come. So who knows what that portfolio could be worth in 2025, 26, and so on. Pretty, pretty exciting. But Johnny, let's get back into our news here. A Ripple partner is set to IPO in the United States by 2025. Singapore-based fintech firm Niam has announced that its intention to go public in the United States in the second quarter of 2025, right after the bull run. The company, which is currently valued at approximately $2 billion, is aiming to break even before it's a planned IPO. The main goal is that over the next year to year and a half, they will be prepared to enter the American markets. Niam, which operates as a platform to enable businesses to spend, send, and receive funds around the globe, and in 2020, They, of course, partnered with San Francisco-based blockchain company Ripple while the lawsuit was going on. So, Johnny, this is pretty exciting. Big, big catalyst for crypto here. Let me ask you guys, should we go over an hour or are we going to end this thing? You tell me. Um, uh, I actually have to end it soon because I... Okay, then let's end it with this video I wanted to show our listeners to close the show out on. Why do we hold... Oh, shoot. Let me actually, Johnny, give me one second. Yeah, go ahead. While you're doing that, Abs, you know it would be really cool uh, when when we do the, the mock portfolio, which the chat likes. 
you know, we should, and we've got people already tell us what to do. We should probably create our own and maybe have a chat group. The chat group kind of contribute to it or tell us what they want to see, you know, maybe create a chat group one too and kind of compare them, but we can have a lot of fun with that. Uh, I think that could be really, really awesome. So we'll definitely you know want to say too. I yes. was I was given the task this week this weekend to break Merlin, and yes. I gotta say I failed. I was not able to break Merlin. Merlin withstood the test, and it, it's still standing. So, guys, yeah, I I would I would be really excited for Merlin once it does launch. It it's really awesome. Johnny, I, I think I'll make a promise to the group here. I think when we launch Merlin, I'm gonna literally do a cannonball right from the lake deck. I, I, think, just, I think that's happening whether Merlin launches or not, Johnny. I think you're a cannonball. No, I mean, I, maybe I'll do it on the air. I think I'll just do the cannonball right on the air. You guys can watch it when I run down the steps and into the lake. On that, on that day, I might do that. We'll see if, if everybody. Guys, somebody, Johnny, just to close that out here, I want to. I found this very interesting detail about XRP this weekend. Every single day, 8,233 XRP are burned. That's a very small number, but think about this. Demand is just increasing over time. And Gary Gensler, he was asking his, his uh, students at MIT who they believe they founded, founded Bitcoin. Sorry for stuttering so much, guys. Here's how we're going to close out the video. Oh, the NSA. All right. Oh, so incentives and capability, you think it's NSA. MIT. Oh. He said a guy named Gary Gensler. <laughs> <laughs> There's a word for that. but As Elon Musk always says, uh, Mario, the most entertaining outcome is the most likely. And in my eyes, the most entertaining outcome here would be of Gary Gensler with Satoshi. We got to close the show out just so we end it before now. Uh, before you do, I want to say there's always one brown noser in the group, and we just found the brown noser. In the <laughs> awesome, guys. I want to say thank you to Mario. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to Eleanor Tarrant. Another amazing episode. We got 360 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we'll see you guys in 23 hours. Like we always 